all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over. If you're at home and you skipped out on church because you knew you could watch it online, next year maybe you walk in the thing. I don't know. God bless you. Lift your word high. Say, this is my Bible. Which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life. And life more Shout it out. I am in my promise. Y'all sound like y'all are ready tonight. I said y'all sound like you're ready tonight. Amen. Now let me do say this for those of you watching that did skip out because it was negative 11 or whatever it was. God is a God of grace and mercy. Amen. So he still loves you. Don't be turning it off now because you're thinking you missed out. Amen. I know how y'all do. Amen. Remain standing, if you will. Flip over to James chapter 1 tonight. James chapter 1. James chapter number 1. Hallelujah. It may be cold out there, but it's sure enough Holy Ghost. In atmospheres like this, anything can happen. James chapter 1, verse 3. Do you have it? It says this. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. That's amplified. Your version says, know this, that the trying or testing of your faith works patience. Look at your neighbor and say, this is only a test. One more place. Go to Psalm 66. Psalm 66 tonight. Psalm 66. Don't, don't trip out about this thing. This is just a test. Don't, 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 don't let this thing work you up and get you all distracted. No, this is just a test. This is just a test. Psalm 66.10. For you, O God, have tested us. <laughs> you have refined us as silver is refined. Look at somebody and say, this is a test. Watch this video. I want them to introduce what I'm going to minister on tonight.
and go to somebody next to you and say, this is only a test. Don't panic. It's not over until God says it's over. Father, you hear me tonight. You always hear me. And I pray that in these next few moments as I share your word, Father, that we would pass every test that is set in front of us and we would understand that it is designed to improve our patience. It is designed to refine us. It is designed to make us better. Whatever the name of the test is or whoever the name of the test is, we declare we shall pass this test successfully. This is not a real emergency. This is just a test. This is not the end. This is just a test. God gets the just a test. And we shall pass this test in Jesus' name. Now grab somebody by the hand, look them square in the eye and say, this is not an emergency. This is just a test to see if you can practice what you've been taught. Uh, be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. This is going to be good for us tonight. I said this is going to be good for us tonight. You know, I never understood in that in that broadcast why the beat uh, lasted so long uh, until I realized that what they're doing is is they realize people are flipping through the channels and certain people will not have gotten the first part of the announcement. So they let that beat go on for as long as it does so that it becomes so deafening you can no longer ignore it. Uh, there are things that have been going on in your life that God says, and he says, I have not stopped it because I want it to become so deafening that you can no longer ignore me. There is stuff I'm throwing in your face that I continue to throw in your face because I want you to deal with it to the point to where it aggravates you to see it or hear it. Look at somebody say, this is a test. Now watch this. There is a process to the test. The testing process works like this. First part of it, you have preparation. Say Preparation. Uh, preparation is the part where you learn. That's why you come to church. You come to church so you can be equipped, so you can be edified, so you can be instructed, not just inspired, but you want to be informed. So the first part of this entire testing thing is preparation. Now know this. God does not test you on something he has not first taught you. Because that would mean he's an unjust God, or rather he's an unjust God. And as an unjust God, that, that's not the God we see in the Bible. The Bible says he loves justice and he hates false scales, which means God is never going to put you in an environment to test something he hasn't taught you or something he hasn't already placed in you. So whatever you're facing right now, you may act like you don't know what to do. That's just because you're not a very good student. Don't be the student that when they place the test in front of them, they want to act like they don't know nothing. The number one thing that aggravates me is folk that act like they don't know what I already told them. You, you, you know, you talk with somebody about something, you say, listen, we're going to do A, B, C, A, B, C, and then they come back around and you talk to them, they act, uh-huh, what, what's going on? I don't know about you, but that ignores the world out of me. Or no, a noise, <laughs> ignore the same difference. Say Preparation. Okay, now here's the thing about preparation. This is what the enemy wants you to do. It'll be a message that may not necessarily be apropos to something you're dealing with right at that moment. And you'll be a fool and not take notes and sit back and say, ooh, I really enjoyed Bishop, like I'm a show or something. You won't take notes. This is Wednesday night, Cross. I've got to give it to you all. Now you understand. 
you, you, you'll sit back and think, you know what, this is really good. I'm going to get this tape for so-and-so and so-and-so and so They really need to hear this. And Satan says, gotcha, because you just sat up and thought that was for everybody else but you. So now when you're tested on it, you're going to act like you don't know what to do because when the instruction was being given, you didn't take notes. Now, Bishop, are you saying I literally need to take notes? I advise it, but if you're a person that's not very good at taking notes because you like to be engaged, then I certainly hope you get the CDs and then take notes off the CDs. So you ought to be getting them DVDs, popping them in, in your house and going home and having church all by yourself. Put the DVD on, play you a praise and worship song, and just have your own Harvest Christian Center worship service. So the first part is what? It's what? Preparation. That's your learning. Now, 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 after that comes the test. Just that simple. Now, here's the thing about it. There's two kinds of tests. You ready? First one is an announced test. This is a test you know about. You see this one coming. You know it's getting ready to happen. In your life, you ought to look at the seasons of your life. There's certain times in life where I just say I need to be extra sensitive to the spirit. I need to be extra this. And because I, I know around this particular season, that's when certain activities begin to happen. And I need to be on the lookout for that. Then there's a second kind of test. And this is the kind of test a lot of folk, maybe your neighbors in. It's a pop quiz. Pop quiz is the kind of test where you weren't expecting it. You didn't know it was coming. You, matter of fact, you just barely finished even looking over what it was you learned. And then the teacher walks through the room and puts the test and says, pop quiz. Anybody in a pop quiz right now? You're in a pop quiz. Okay. Now, now watch this. Here, here's the thing about tests that you need to understand. I've said this to you before. The teacher doesn't talk during the test. Now, the scripture says the Holy Spirit, one of his jobs is to teach. Got it? Now, here's the deal. When you're in the middle of a test, it's during those times where when you pray and when you worship, you're going to have to do extra to get where you used to get. But say it again. See, you used to be able to get in and get in thick. And Bishop, what do you mean get in? You used to be in the zone with God after half a song. But when you're in the middle of a test, it's going to take two or three. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's going to take two or three songs. You used to be able to get right into your vein when you're playing after about 45 seconds. But when you're in the middle of a pop quiz, it's going to take you about two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen minutes before you get to the same place. Y'all ain't saying nothing. The teacher doesn't speak during a test. Why? Because he relies on the fact that he's already done a good enough job of educating you. So everything you've been through has been preparation for where you're at now. Every failure you've had, every disaster that's happened, every tragedy that's happened, every travesty that's happened, every peculiarity you have, every proclivity that you have, all of that has prepared you for whatever you're facing now. So that's why God, when he looks at David, he says, David, listen, I'm going to put a Goliath in your face. And, and matter of fact, uh, now, now he, he's an announced test because he's been messing with y'all for 40 days. But, but the pop quiz is having to deal with Saul after you kill Goliath. Are you getting this? And God says, David, now you've never fought a Goliath, and you never had to deal with a jealous person like Saul. But I tell you what, uh, you've been prepared. See, there's a difference between experience and preparation. You may not have experience in what you're doing, but you are prepared to face what you're dealing with. See, the reason David had to fight the lion was because he, there was a Goliath coming. The reason he had to fight the bear is because God knew there's a Goliath coming. See, God has been preparing you for this very moment in your life, for your entire life. Now, you're going to show up and pay this thing or you're going to sit back and look at it 
You still with me? Now, now, now watch this. Testing is six things about testing I want to give you. This is going to be real, real simple tonight. This is going to be so simple. I'm not giving you no Greek, no Hebrew, no nothing. All English. Got it? Uh, testing is inevitable. You saw from, from the video, this is a test of the emergency broadcast system. And periodically, they just want to do a test of it. They just want to make sure it's working. Testing works like that in your life. It's inevitable. Can I tell you w w when you ought to expect a test? When you feel like everything's going great. When you feel like, ooh, my money's good. This is good. This is good. You better be looking for a test. You got a pop quiz with your name on it. And it's one of those scantrons to where if you don't fill it out just quite right. Are you still here? Second thing about tests is they are continual. They're going to happen forever. I wish I could stand up here and tell you that once you pass this test, testing is over. And y'all shout and tear the church up. But it would be a lie. It's continual. Now, people used to have a saying, new levels, new devils. I reject that. I don't, there's one devil, and he's defeated. And uh, the Hasetans, which, which are the adversaries, they're defeated too. Colossians 2 teaches me that. So I reject that saying. So anybody tell you that they try to be deep and spiritual? You say, man, I'm just going through the test. Well, you know, man, new levels, new devils. Tell them I reject that and you. And I send it both back to hell where they came from. That's not, that's not the word. What it is is to whom much is given. Much more is required. You ask God to use you, so now he's got to make sure that you can produce. You ask God to give you that job, he's got to make sure you can produce. You ask God to give you that relationship, so he needs to make sure you can produce on that level. Got it? Third thing about tests, third thing, is they are necessary. There is no way, y'all know I like, I like to sit calm 227. And, <laughs> you know, it's like that. Now, the other day, some of y'all I know in Denver, go Google it when you get home and you find out about it. Uh, but the other day, uh, uh, Brenda got a new teacher, and this teacher didn't test the students, and Mary got all upset about it, and so, and, 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 and so she got the teacher fired because, because she was saying, how is it that you know they learned anything if you're not testing them? Testing is necessary to measure your maturity. See, a lot of Christians talk a good Christian game. But they can't pass good Christian tests. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not you. Don't tell them that's not you. No, you're a king and a priest. You're living on top of the world. No, that's not you. But you know a lot of saints that talk a lot of Christian games. I mean, when things are going good for them, they say, man, you just need to cheer up. God's going to work it out. God is good. Who do it? And they'll talk all this stuff. Then when they get a test, they stop coming to church. They don't tithe no more. They start cussing on their desk and all this kind of stuff, sending out crazy evil. Y'all let's say, come on, can we be real? Where all that Christian talk go? It's not real unless it's tested. So if you want to find out whether or not you got a strong relationship, let it be tested. That's going to tell you exactly what you got. You want to see how, how your children really are, test them. Of course they love you after you just bought them a car. Of course they love you after you just got them a new this, that, and the other, a new Gucci bag, a new Hugo Boss jacket like Joseph's father, whatever. But don't give them anything. And you'll see what you really have. Make them catch the bus even though you can pick them up. You'll see what you really have. It's necessary. Fourth thing, they are productive. Many times, tests within themselves can be lessons. 
you, you ever sat down on a test and learned something while you were taking the test that you should have learned before you take the test? And you sat down and you, it's multiple choice and you think, well, I wasn't thinking of none of them answers. So, woo, that's good. We've done it. We've done it. Come on. Bible college students, make some noise. I, I will throw a curveball at you in a minute. <laughs> and you should be saying, well, good God Almighty, I learned something new today. I didn't think it was none of those, you know. It's productive. Fifth thing, they're influential. You remember experiences and tests are experiences. Some people test really well, and so when they have a test, they just do the best. I, I, I as a, because I, I, I'm a continual student of life and all of this, and of course, going on my PhD and all that, but, but I'm, I'm a continual student. I really like open-ended questions because I know how to sit there, and I, I know how to take and do this long, drawn, all of that. Okay, but now, when you give me, the, you know, for example, math, thank God for math, but, you know, there's some kind of crazy math. I don't know what Isaac Newton was thinking about, all this calculus and things like that. And we thank God for that. <laughs> I'm like, couldn't you just ask me why we have calculus? I can give you that. But, but you're asking me the specifics. Do you follow the analogy I'm trying to make? Uh, the, 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 the great thing that, that, that happens with tests is that those experiences can influence you. If you're a person that doesn't test well, what happens? You get stressed out. You, you get worried. You lose sleep the night before or whatever because, because you're getting ready for this experience. It's more so than even the test. It's the entire experience behind the test. How they, There's no talking for that full 60 minutes, and you're a talker. You're loquacious, so you got to run your mouth to somebody. So maybe you were the one that got, constantly got in trouble because you're sitting there trying to have conversations with people while you're supposed to take the test. Come on, can we be honest tonight? The experience is influential. So when you're in the middle of a test in your life, that entire experience is influential. It's teaching you something about you. It's teaching you how you handle pressure. It's teaching you how you handle structure. It's teaching you how you handle order. See, a lot of the reasons God has some of you have been retaking some of the same tests is because God says the reason I tested you in the first place still hasn't been corrected. So I have to retest you in the same area. God's question to you, though, is that, okay, when are we going to get past this one? The worst thing to see is a saint that's been walking around the same test for 40 years. And they can't seem to figure out why God won't use them. They can't seem to figure out why their finances are still out of order. They can't seem to figure out why they still, listen, why they fall out with everybody. It's one thing to fall out with a couple folk, but when you fall out with everybody and they can't figure it out, I just don't know why. I tell you why, you've been taking that same test for 40 years. At some point, you ought to just be able to remember the answers just based on the fact of how many times you've taken it and gotten the key back. So in Bible college, we don't give you a test back. We keep them. <laughs> You pass them or not, you're not seeing <laughs> Sixth thing, tests are crafted by God. Only God knows how to test you and test you the right way. And he tests the stuff, scripture says, he tests, Thessalonians says, he tests the heart. Now the Greek word, I am going to give you a little bit, I, I, I'm going to give you a little bit. Greek, Greek word for heart is the word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, not C, in Greek it's K. It's cardia, and, and it means your mind. It's the seat of a man's decisions. So it means your mind. God says, I'm testing all the stuff that nobody else knows anything about. 
I, I'm testing the stuff, and, and God says, listen, if you keep it between me and you, it'll stay between me and you. God, God says, I'm testing the stuff in your heart, the stuff that you didn't tell the prayer partner about, the, the stuff you didn't tell the counselor about, the, the stuff that's not on your targeted prayer list. I'm testing that. I, 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 uh, I, I, what you call it, tweeted <laughs> something the other day, uh, and, and, uh, and, and it says, you know, I was watching a TV show, and this lady said she got married to this person. I'm going to tell the show I was watching, but I, I was watching it this day, and um, I got calls from preachers around the world saying, go watch this show this evening. I said, well, it must be something. And this lady was getting married to this man, but the mother and sister didn't think that she needed to marry this man. Shh. And, and she was doing this so much so that the mother and sister hid uh, the wedding certificate. Now, the, the pastor that actually did the wedding, I actually, I'm just in his church in July, and, and, he, uh, and he was there, and, you know, and they said, well, no, without the certificate, we can't do the wedding. And the mother, was, the mother and the sister, were too, they didn't want, they, they said, this is not, this is, this is crazy. This isn't a guy, this guy. And, and truth be told, you know, it, it, you know, they write, they tell the truth. Um, See, you got, when everybody says the same thing, you need to pay attention. They just don't want me happy. Maybe they see what you don't want to see. Oh, y'all ain't got to say nothing, man. I got the mic. And, and, and they didn't want it to happen so, you know, so much that they hear the certificate and then they just decide, okay, we're going to give her the certificate. So she's not even sure she wants to marry the guy up until, you know, four minutes before she walked out. And she's spending all of this money and going through all of this elaborate thing and, you know, and all of this and cutting corners because she wants to have this grandiose ceremony so she can ingrandize herself when the truth of the matter is, is what she needs to do is go down to the courthouse and save some money. But she wants to save face. See, I could preach a whole nother lesson off of this. <laughs> Get the clip. Y'all got the clip better. Now, in her doing this, watch this, in her doing this, she... She says, up until the moment she walked out and she looks at the groom, she says, I wasn't sure that I was doing the right thing. But when I looked at him, I said, this is the right thing. I'm following my heart. And I said, that's a shame. Because a lot of people think that's a Christian thing to do. But the scripture says, in Jeremiah 17, 9, put it up. The scripture says, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Above all things. Who can know it? So people say, I just have a good heart. The Bible tells us that's not accurate information. It's deceitful. Look at it. Above all things, and it's desperately wicked. But Bishop, Bishop, what are you trying to say? Only God knows how to test those parts of your heart that you know how to make look good to others. Aren't you glad he's a tester? Because God says more than you having a big bank account and more than you having bling bling and more than you being able to let people think you got it going on, I want you to have it going on with me. I want you to have good character. I want you to have integrity. I don't want you to be a liar. I don't want you to be a thief. I, I test that. That's what I test. Now, 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 now watch this. There are nine tests every Christian must face. There are nine of them. 
is why they're nine, because nine is the number of birthing. Until you've passed all nine, you haven't even been birthed into what God has ordained. First test, you ready? It's the wilderness test. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they were there for 40 years, and uh, God continually tested them over the same things. Their problem was they, they, they were disorderly, and they were rebellious. They did not want to follow established leadership. This is the number one area people make horrible mistakes in life. They love somebody until somebody that's a leader to them tells them what they're doing is not right, or this is how you change it, or this is how you fix it. Well, God's shifted me. No, you're just rebellious. And your rebellion is going to keep you in the wilderness. And here's the trip about it. They thought they were leaving the wilderness every time they walked around the mountain. I said this to the spiritual sons and daughters on Sunday. God is the only one that will fire you and let you keep walking. He's the only one that will terminate your employment in the kingdom and say, you better be here tomorrow at 30. He's the only one that will do that. Everybody else, they don't want to see. God says, show up. No, keep showing up. You ain't going nowhere, but show up. You've been where you're going. Show up, though. For 40 years, watch this. They walked around the same mountain, Mount Seir, for 40 years. And they thought they were going to the promised land. This is my year. God's going to do it this year. This is going to be the greatest year of my life. But you didn't pass the wilderness test. What's the wilderness test? Will you heed wise counsel? Or will you rebel because you don't want anybody telling you what to do because you're grown? Amen. Second test, the time test. The time test is important because the time test involves your endurance. Can you endure? group years ago said sunny days everybody loves them but can you come on come on now you say but you ain't been saved all your life now come on now bishop what are you trying to say listen god needs to know can you survive all four seasons God says, I want to see you in the wintertime. I want to see you in the summertime. I want to see you in the fall. I want to see you in the spring. I want to see how you're going to act when your circumstances change. I want to see how you're going to act when your money's funny. I, I want to see. I want to see what you're going to do. You're going to keep serving me or, or all of a sudden this don't work no more. It was working last week, but it don't work no more now. See, that's the time test. Can you survive changing seasons? That's the time test. You got to pass that test. In a relationship, you got to pass that test. That's why I tell people that about three months, be ready to get married. You're crazy. And what are they drinking? Drano. It's impossible to know in three months. Why, Bishop? That's only one season. Three times four, come on, class, is 12. Now, you don't have calculus to do that. So, so to know what you, who you're really dealing with, you need to see them when it's hot. You need to see them when it's cold. You see them when it's in between. You see them all four seasons. Then you'll know what you're dealing with. But most people make temporary, permanent decisions from temporary locations because it's only going to be spring for three months. Temporary location. You getting it? Th third test, the motivation test. The motivation test is why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? 
This is an important test because this again deals with the what? Heart. Do you know you could actually do something but do it from the wrong heart and God says you got no credit for what you did? That's why scripture says God loves a what? Cheer forgiver. God says if you're going to throw your money in the plate and all this and be angry with it, God says still give it because I fired you, but still give it. But, but God says you get no credit for that. So don't expect any harvest from me off of that. Somebody asks you for something. Give it to him. Give it to him. But God says, you don't expect any return off of that. I, I today, I today I was I was driving, of course it was, you know, negative whatever it was. And and I was out and I was driving past and I was on the phone. I'm always on the phone. I'm always doing something, advancing the kingdom. And uh and so then this lady got my attention across the way, and uh, and I and you know so she's waving and all this kind of thing. I'm waving back, hey, you know, I just think she's saying, hey, bishop or something. I don't know. And so she waves, and then she tries to you know flag me down, flag me down, and you know, and you know, you got to be careful in the 21st century. You know, you got to be careful and, and all of that. We thank the Lord, and uh, and so she says, excuse me, sir, could you just give me a couple dollars for uh, for gas? I said, a couple dollars? You ain't gonna get a gallon for a couple dollars. <laughs> And I didn't have any cash. Very, very well, I do, do I care cash? And so I, I said, there was a gas station right across the way. I said, I tell you what, let's go over there, and, uh, and, 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 and I'll put you some gas in, in your gas can. So we get up to the gas, uh, the gas pump, and the lady says to me, just happened today. This lady said to me, uh, she says, now, I got a Silverado. It can't take that regular. It needs premium. I said, you sure is a picky beggar. Now... Now, wait a minute. And if you ain't here tonight, God bless you. Uh, but you was wrong. But, uh, see, I got a silver rider. I can't take that regular. It needs premium. So I looked up at the price of premium. And, of course, you know, the government's got to justify why premium gas is $3.23. Because we prayed against that $5 stuff. We ain't going to worry about that. Uh, of course, so, you know, it's convenient to blame it on stuff that's unrelated. But whatever. I'm not going to get political. But. But, uh, and so, uh, and so I said, okay, fine. All right. I said, you need premium. You're going to get less. But I said, that's fine. You can, you, you can get premium. That's fine. That's fine. And, and as she got closer to me, watch this. As she got closer, she smelled like def- uh, 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 a horrible smell. I can't even, I can't even quantify it in words to how she smelled uh, like alcohol. And so, uh, watch this. I wasn't doing it for her. My motivation was, Jesus said, you entertain angels unbeknownst to you. So you may be a test. You might be Gabriel that puts yourself in an alcohol-smelling body to see whether or not I would be a giver because God has blessed me to be a blessing. So my motivation had nothing to do with her. My motivation had to do with the fact that you might be my blessing in a box. So, so now watch this, because cause, cause, cause this, this is how I knew it was a test. I just finished writing this out for tonight. I said, God, you just, you something else, Lord. I just finished this for tonight. Then we tell me what the test. And, and so, and so I put the gas in there, and I put the gas in there, and oh, God bless you. And I just think, bless you too, you know. And, uh, and so we close it up, and, and then some gentlemen over, since they thought they was playing, and what they didn't know is I knew it was going on all the time, but it was a motivation test. So a gentleman from around the way said, you need help carrying it back? I said, now where you come from? Ain't nothing in there but my V, but just in case. 
I mean, I, you know, I just, you know, if you think you're going to roll up on me, baby, I got too much living in there. You ain't going to take me out over some gas. If it's going to be me or you, I guarantee it's going to be me. <laughs> and, and so, you know, because, you know, and so, and, and, and so, uh, and so, so he comes to me, I say, oh, God bless you. He just paid for it. I say, God bless you too. You know, I'm doing this here. Bless you too. Bless you too. And, uh, and so all of a sudden now, she disappeared. The man takes it and all of They got whatever little thing they got going on. Bishop, what's the whole point? It wasn't about her qualifying for what I was giving. It was about the fact that I just sowed some seed. And when you give to the less fortunate, the return, uh, rate of return is dollar for dollar. So I said, I got at least X amount of what I gave you coming back. So I didn't lose nothing. And the true measure of a man is how he treats the poor. If you want to know who you're really dealing with, take them down to 16th Street and see who they really are. The true measure of a person is how they treat those that serve them and they treat those that are less than them. Say motivation test. Okay, I got to move. The fourth test is the failure test. The failure test works like this. What do you do when God makes your plans not work? What do you do? Look, to the children of Israel, uh, Moses, go ask Pharaoh to let you go. Hey, Pharaoh, don't let him go. That's a failure test. Go start that business. Don't give him the loan. It's a paradox because... God, you told me to do this, but yet you shut down the way that I thought I had to go. God says, I want to know how you handle the failure test. I want to know what you're going to do when you think it's not going to work. Because are you going to throw in the towel on it? Because if you throw in the towel on it, you're not deserving of it. If you throw in the towel of it, you're not worthy of it. I want to know what you're going to do when I make it fail. How do you handle failure? Look at your neighbor and say, how are you going to handle failure? Y'all still with me? Fifth test. How many tests are there? Nine. Very good. This is the fifth. It's the self-will test. The self-will test. The self-will test works like this. God says, now what are you really doing? Are you trying to play me or are you trying to obey me? Bishop, what do you mean play God? Are you serving him because you know you're going to get something? Okay, let me just get into your Kool-Aid. Everybody in here has had friends that the only reason they befriended you because of what you could do for them. So you are means to an end. Come on, can I get at least four witnesses, Jesus? So the self-will test says, am I serving God to obey him? Which means whatever I got to pay, whatever I got to do, I'm taking up my cross and following him. Which means if I got to lose friends, if I got to lose this, if I got to lose that, God, I'm going to serve you. For God, I live. For God, I die. And whoever can't get with me serving God and operating in the kingdom, you got to go. Jesus said, I've come to turn a mother against a daughter, a father against a son. Jesus said, I've come not to bring peace, but to bring discord between everything that's not supposed to go with you into your new life. So God says, I want to see if, if, if you're really doing this for me or you're doing this for what you get out of it. That's the self-will test. Who, whose will are you really trying to accomplish here? Yours or mine? And remember, that's a heart issue. So you can sit up and tell me, oh, Bishop, I love the Lord. 
I just want to serve him and I thank God and not 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 you know Mitsubishi and Subaru and Taco Bell fake beef whatever but God says I'm going to test your heart so I'm going to test why you really show up to serve I'm going to test why you really usher I'm going to test why you really work the camera. Whatever it is, I'm going to test the real reason you do that. Do you see that as a means to get somewhere else? Or are you doing it because it's my will for you to serve? That's called the self-will test. Six tests. Y'all still here? I got two minutes. The discouragement test. Now, many times you'll face these tests in this order, but God's so awesome, you know, sometimes you'll skip a few and come back. Because at the end of the day, you got to pass all nine. So sometimes you'll skip that one and say, no, it ain't going to fail that one. Let's go to this one. Bishop, give me some scripture. The children of Israel said, I'm not going to take them by the way of the Philistines, lest they see war, failure, and they want to turn back. So we're going to skip this test for now. But you're going to have to fight the Philistines. But for now, we're going to skip this one. So they may be in this order. They may not. The discouragement test says, what do I do when I don't feel like doing? What do I do when I don't feel like doing? What do I do when I don't feel like being nice to you? <laughs> I know you saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. But what do you do when you don't feel like praising the Lord? Don't give me no scriptural answer. Bishop, I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. All the time. <laughs> no, come on. If you're going to get home, if you're going to walk in the kingdom, we've got to talk about this stuff for real. We can't sit up and talk all of these cliches and all this kind of stuff. And wonderful spiritual colloquialisms that uh, 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 give us impediment rather than give us empowerment. What are you going to do when you don't feel like doing when you're looking at your tire check and saying, Woo, I could do this and this and this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do when you're discouraged? Hmm? What are you going to do when somebody next to you who doesn't serve God seems to be doing better than you? And can I tell you, that's only what Satan lets them say. Notice how they don't say other stuff. That's a setup in case you didn't know what that is. God put them there to say, What are you going to do? When they come tell you how this is going well and this is going well and this is going well, you're thinking to yourself, say something else. <laughs> Listen, seventh test. Come on, we got the booth. Seventh test. The misunderstanding test. Oh, God, I need a whole four Wednesdays for this one. The misunderstanding test. Hear me. God and, and I was dealing with something over these last couple of days, and, and God said, I, I said, Lord, I said, you know what I want to do. Now, you don't know what I'm saying, but you don't know what it is. I said, Lord, you know what I want to do. I said, I want to go back to the Windows Vista version of me. <laughs> Not seven. I want to go to Windows Vista. Matter of fact, take me back to Windows 3.1. Some of y'all <laughs> remember that. <laughs> take me to DOS, okay? But I just said, Lord, I want to deal with it real, real tough. 
but understand, God says, I will put people in your life, watch this, to intentionally have misunderstandings with you. To test what you do when there is a misunderstanding. Say it again. God says, I will intentionally put circumstances and situations in front of you to test what you do when there's a misunderstanding. Most problems aren't really problems. They're communication flaws. Somebody don't know how to clearly, clearly communicate something, and somebody doesn't know how to clearly receive, and, and they don't stop to check. They just, just fly off. And God says, I, 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 I need to know what you're going to do when there's a misunderstanding. When two parties that seemingly be on the same page seem like they're in different books. What are you going to do? Parents with children, what are you going to do? Husband with wives, what are you going to do? Employers with supervisors, what are you going to do? It's a misunderstanding. Because I need to see how you deal with misunderstandings. Because if you can't handle misunderstandings well, then I can't let you rule and reign. Why would I let a bad communicator rule and reign? You'll end up with what's in Egypt. Somebody that can't communicate clearly trying to rule and reign. So the people rebel. Uh, I don't have time for that. Seventh test, you ready? The first, eighth test. Good. Y'all on it today on Sunday. Y'all couldn't count. I said, there's nine things you need to know about Joseph. And no, that's seven, Bishop. That's seven. I said, my paper clearly says that's not seven. <laughs> the eighth test, test is the frustration test. Woo, this is a big one. What do you do when you're angry? I heard this a long time ago. Anger, anger is one letter away from danger. <laughs> the Bible says be angry but sin not, which means I can be hot. I just can't become the firecracker. <laughs> Scripture says for, for, for never to let the sun go down on your anger, which means God says don't you ever let something be unresolved where you're holding anger in and you go sleep. Because that might be the night your soul is required of you, and that's all she wrote. Which means, listen, we may not be able to talk all the details out, but I just need to let this anger go. We'll talk the details out next week. I'm not angry with you. We'll talk it out next week. Now, you may get me angry again tomorrow. But for right now, I can't be angry. See, a lot of Christians don't understand. Matter of fact, anger sometimes is a motivating thing. Sometimes anger is what finally motivates you to do what you know you've been needing to do the whole time. And there's some things that until you get angry enough about them, you're not going to change them. So how do you handle anger? How do you handle frustration? Are you one that has to always come back and apologize for the way you handle it? Or do you handle it right? Got it? Now, Bishop, how do I know if I pass this test? God's looking for at least 80%. <laughs> He's going, he ain't going to let you have less than a B-minus average. Right? He's just not. He's not a C-God. He's not an average God. So you got to get at least an 80. 79.5 or 0.4, you fail this one. So it requires you to stop, slow down, and look at the facts first. Where are my runners and shots? Y'all shot a minute ago. Got to real quick. But frustration requires you to stop and say, you know what, before I do what I normally do and all of that extra, ladies, I call that sister girl. All that sister girl and, and men, all of that hulk. Just getting green, go in the corner somewhere and take a nap. 
Let's go lay down somewhere before you hurt somebody. You remember, come on, girl, you remember that was Big Mama's answer to everything. Go take a nap, boy. I'm hungry. You just need to go to sleep and take a nap. How do you handle anger? You got to stop. And you got to say, before I go all there, let me retrace things. Let me get all of the facts first. That's what we have to do. And we got to do that at least 80% of the time to pass this test. Amen. Ninth test. You ready? This is the important one here. The servant test. I figured out a lot of people want to serve God. They just want to be his advisor. They, they want to serve him. Oh, I want to serve the Lord till all I die. I just want him to do what I say. Oh, they don't say that vocally, but they say it through their actions. Because when he doesn't do what they say, they stop doing what they said they do. The servant test is, how do you act when you get treated like one? When nobody says thank you, when nobody says good job, when nobody says way to go, how are you going to act? Because are you doing it so that you can get the accolades of men? Or are you serving like the scripture says, I'm serving heartily as unto the Lord. Which means if I get a little confused in the potluck line, I'm not going to start a bunch of trouble and act all crazy. I'm going to stand back and say, listen, I got to serve whatever I got to do, I'm going to do it. Because it ain't about me. Ain't nothing in here about me. Ain't nothing going on around here about me. So whatever I got to do, I'm going to do that. Because I'm going to serve it. That's a servant. What happens when you get treated like one? What do you do? How you going to act? How you going to treat folk? They treat me like I'm a... You are. The Bible says. The Bible says you're a bond servant. Every time goes up. Now, you, you ready? No, those are the nine tests. Now, watch this. Here are the dangers if you look at the test the wrong way. I'm going to give you these real quick, all right? Here are the dangers. So now you know what the tests are, so when you're confronted with them, you have to stop, like the commercial, and say, this is only a test. Somebody comes and has a misunderstanding with you. Don't see this. Stop. I was going to say something else. And say to yourself, this is only a test. When you get frustrated, stop. This is only a test. Which means sometimes you have to tell people, let me call you back. Because you're going to get me to sin against God. I'll call you back. And let me just go in and deal with this. And wives, if he says he needs a few moments, give him a few moments. Stop. No, we're going to talk now. Stop that. He's trying to honor God. No, we're going to talk now. No, no, no. What you going in the room for? Open the door. No, you're going to talk about this. I pay half of it. Stop that. Oh, I'm in the Kool-Aid now. I know it. Tastes red. Here's the dangers. Here's the dangers if you don't take the test right. First thing that will happen is you'll become disillusioned. You'll think that it's a real emergency and not just a test. It is not a real emergency. It is a test. Got it? Second thing, you'll become distraught if you don't realize what it is. It's a test. You'll be making all kinds of decisions because of a misunderstanding. And you don't realize this is a test. 
Third thing, you'll become distracted. You'll get totally off focus and totally off balance because of a test. You're doing good, serving God, being faithful. All of a sudden, you had a misunderstanding. Well, I just don't know no more. You don't know what? No, but you don't know. What changed? No. See, see let me tell you. See, no. <laughs> Got to get a little apostolic tonight. See, see, sometimes folks just need a, 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 a real reality check. So much so, in the next few months, we're going to do a thing where it's going to be a night with Dr. Foreman. It ain't going to be Bishop, because I'm going to just get, it's just from this. And so, and, and it's going to be like sitting on Dr. Phil's couch. But I guarantee you, I'm worse. And we're going to deal with some real life stuff. I'm just, uh, and, and, and see, sometimes people just, it's like, what are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying, what? You ain't saying nothing. You're running your mouth. You've been running your mouth for 20 minutes and ain't said nothing. All right, I'm going to get behind the pulpit because if I'm behind here, I'd be nice. <laughs> but see, because if we're going to be mature and we're going to be kings and priests and we're going to rule and we reign, we cannot keep dealing with flesh wounds every week. We can't keep dealing with baby issues every week. We can't keep cleaning up after people that keep messing on themselves every week. We cannot take a city if we got a bunch of babies. That's what the state of the body of Christ is now. It got all these churches, got all this money coming in, and still got homeless people. Why? Because you got a baby in the pulpit and a baby in the pew. And God is frustrated, looking at it, saying, "What is this?" Tell you what it's really saying. Got to mature. Got to grow up. Got to step. But she was mean to me when I was in the line, and I just don't know if I'm coming back. Go! Because you're going to aggravate me. This was Wednesday night, so I got out. You shouldn't come to church on Wednesdays if you don't want it like that. Just come on Sundays, because I'm... Don't come on Wednesdays. I'm just telling you now. Don't come on Wednesdays if you, if you can't handle that. You got it. Fourth thing, people become angry. You become angry with God and with yourself if you make it more than what it is, which is a test. You become angry. Fifth thing, you become bitter. You met bitter saints because they stuck in the middle of a test. They stuck in the middle of the test and they're bitter. They're mad at the world. They're angry. And you're saying, where's the joy of the Lord? I thought the joy of the Lord was just saying, God must be real upset then. I thought the joy, I thought God was feeling good. Come on, you know it. You got folks that's Christians on your job. And they're the ones, the main hell raisers up there. Always getting in trouble. Always getting pulled into the office. Talking about, well, God is faithful. No, he ain't faithful to that mess. No, you need to show up to your job on time and quit blaming the devil for why you're late. You're late because you go to sleep too late and you wake up too late. That's why you're late. That's not the devil. That's you and you're lazy. Okay. All right. All right. I shouldn't have had that five-hour energy before I came down here. <laughs> the thing said it wasn't going to be nothing. They lied on that bottle. Jesus. <laughs> I want fast on Wednesdays for church. Last thing, people become hardened. People become hardened. <clears throat> Ezekiel talks about God giving you a heart of, 
of flesh, not meaning an Adamic heart or a heart like Adam, but a heart where it's moldable. It, it's, it's soft enough to let in what needs to get in and to let out what needs to get out. It's moldable. You know hardened people. They sit with their arms crossed looking mad at the world doing worship because they're hardened. They're not even sensitive to God. Still moves on them. They want to cry. They want to have an experience, but they don't because they're hard. You don't want to be that person. Why do people get like that? Because they got stuck in the middle of a test and didn't realize their test. They thought, this is the end. I'm a, you're 27. You can start over. This is the end. This is the end. You're 60. You still got, listen, the world says you can get up to 125 if you're strong. You're not hearing what I'm saying. So you need to quit thinking, I only got a few years left. No, you don't. Then not. Let that be your testimony. Matter of fact, I plan to be at 125. I'm going to be looking as good as I am. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I'll be getting all the folks in the home saved. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on down here. We're going to have church. It's never too late. I don't care if you're 70, 80, 90, whatever it is. It is never too late. God is a big enough God to where you can lose everything, Job, in the middle of your life and still start back over and have more than what you had before. We serve the God of the impossible. Never too late. Bishop, I lost everything. Good. Value of chapter 7, clear that up and keep it moving. It is not too late for the God we If it's impossible, he specializes in it. Last two things i got to give you. The purpose of every test, real quick. Purpose of every test. Purpose of every test, first thing, is to reveal what you know. Watch this, and understand. It's not enough to know, you have to understand. So you may know the scripture that says uh, uh, all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. Amen. You may know that, but you may not understand that Amen. until he makes all things work together. You, you, you may know the scripture that says, my God, so I supply all my need, but, but you don't understand that until you don't have a way to supply for your need. So it's not enough to know, you have to understand. Second purpose of the test inherently then is to reveal what you don't understand. You may know it, but you may not understand it. So you know you're supposed to walk in love, but you may not understand it because you're mean. And let me be clear, love in the, in the doormat, neither. I don't have time to teach love. I'm already over. Third, third, third thing for, for the purpose of every test is to reveal the applicability of every lesson. To reveal the applicability of every lesson. For those of you that have been here for any stretch of time, we've gone through extensive teaching on things like the kingdom. We've gone through extensive teachings on appreciating and, and why God has you have a pastor and things like this. So you, you, you have to get those things being applied in your life so you can see the necessity for them. Got it? Everything we have in the word is applicable. I'm going to say it again. Everything we have and everything you're taught is applicable to your everyday life. 
But sometimes you need to experience it so you remember it. Got it? Now say this with me. Say, Father, thank you for these nine tests. I thank you that I shall pass them all with flying colors. I thank you that this year shall be the greatest year of my life. I say that with confidence because I plan on passing these tests. And it is so. Everybody stand to We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologists recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd. Only at BJ's.